the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And in those few words that Matthew records for us this morning, there's such great comfort about what our Lord has done for us. And now what this means for us as his people. So here Jesus is right after his baptism, and Jesus was led by the Spirit, as Mark literally says. Jesus is thrown by the Spirit into the wilderness with the purpose of being tempted by the devil. The Lord was really there in this place, and he stood face to face with the devil himself. He overcame these assaults as only he could do, and now in Christ we have his victory. His act of obedience and faithfulness to the Father is counted to you through faith in him. And now then, as a baptized child of God, you not only have his victory, but when you face temptation as one who is no longer a slave to sin, one who no longer is a slave to death, one no longer is held captive by the devil. So this Sunday of the church here then has that twofold focus. And it's an important thing that not only as we begin Lent, but as we go through this life. Jesus is true God and true man. And that reading from Hebrews says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. One who is, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So to see Jesus face temptation in the wilderness is to see our brother in the flesh face it. And when we face temptation, though, in our sin, our old man, we face it as ones who are slaves to sin and held captive to the devil. That old man still hangs around our neck. But Jesus, though, he's without sin and he cannot sin. So when he faces temptation as God in the flesh and suffers the assaults of the devil as the victorious one, so it's always a kind of a weird thing to think about that for a second, that here goes the Son of God to be tempted by the devil. But he does so. And he does so as one who knows what it is to suffer, one who knows human weakness, and he endures. And so he is tempted in every way we are in this life, but he never once entertained that notion to fall into sin. You see, when he stands face to face with the devil in the wilderness, he overcomes him by his faithfulness and the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. So every time you hear this throughout the church year on this first Sunday in Lent, see Jesus as the one who fights for you. See his faithfulness and knows that he did this for your sake. We're just saying, for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. That's Jesus. And he endured it all so that you would have the victory, and by his obedience, God would count it to you as it is received through faith. So that's that first wonderful thing in all of this, and thanks be to God for what he has done. Now the other part of this, the second thing, is that Jesus teaches you and shows you in this reading who you are now as one who is baptized into Christ, a Christian. In Galatians, God tells us who we are, as St. Paul wrote, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 
So you are a new creation in Christ. Your life is hidden in him as he has clothed you with himself. Living in this world, you know that like Jesus after his baptism, you face temptation. In fact, God tells you this is going to happen. And the difference, though, is that you do have original sin. You're not the son of God. And your fallen flesh is one of those sources that temptation comes from in your life, along with the devil and the world, that unholy trinity of the devil, the world, and our fallen flesh. And they seek to tear you away from Christ and his kingdom through sin, through disbelief, and other great shame and vice. And you're attacked and assaulted by them on a daily basis. And you can't just curl up in a, in a ball in the corner and avoid them. They will come. So there's a reason then why Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer in the 6th and 7th petition, lead us not into temptation, and, but deliver us from evil, or literally the evil one, deliver us from the devil. In the large catechism, Martin Luther writes, this then is what lead us not into temptation means. It refers to times when God gives us power and strength to resist temptation. However, the temptation is not taken away or removed. While we live in the flesh and have the devil around us, no one can escape his temptation and lures. It can only mean that we must endure trials, indeed be engulfed in them. But we say this prayer so that we may not fall and be drowned in them. To feel temptation is therefore a far different thing from consenting or yielding to it. We must all feel it, although not all in the same way. Some feel it in a greater degree and more severely with others. For example, the young suffer especially from the flesh. Afterward, when they reach middle life and old age, they feel it from the world. But others who are occupied with spiritual matters, that is, strong Christians, feel it from the devil. Such feeling, as long as it is against our will and we would rather be rid of it, can harm no one. For if we did not feel it, it could not be called a temptation. But we consent to it when we give it the reins and do not resist or pray against it. And so in those words that Luther preaches, talking about these things, this is why you must be armed, as, he's, as the large catechism goes on further to say. That is, don't be unprepared in your life when you go through this world. And you learn from Jesus what it means to face temptation in this life and be prepared each and every day. Martin Luther in another place says, it's one thing to let the birds fly around your head and another thing to let them make a nest in it. It's of utmost importance that you surround yourself with God's word and sacraments. Jesus spoke back to the devil, it is written. And that was the sword of the spirit, the sword that you too have that sends the devil fleeing with, with a booming, begone Satan. It's to hold Christ before him in one little word that fails him. And though this is your baptismal armor, and God's word is yours, you possess it and you have it and how you cling to Christ, and how you send the flaming darts and arrows of the evil foe away from you. Now on Ash Wednesday, God exhorted us through the words of St. Peter 1. He reminded us about who we are as new men in Christ. And he talked about living the new life God has graciously given to you, and not to neglect this life and the new virtues, the new knowledge, the new qualities that you now have, as one who is righteous in Christ through faith. And he warned, he said, forever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. So thinking about temptation, thinking about these things, you're warned not to be blind that you have been cleansed from sin. Don't forget who you are. 
So when you face temptation in life, don't try to match, match wits with the devil, the world and your fallen flesh. It's always fascinating to see what did the devil use? He used scripture. He preached a Bible-based sermon, so to speak, but he didn't get it. He didn't use scripture rightly. And don't try to make excuses and think you can handle all of this. Because you know what? You can't. And know and trust God's word. Recite it. Make the sign of the cross over yourself to remember your baptism and say, I am baptized into Christ. Sin disturb my soul no longer. Satan, hear this accusation. I am baptized into Christ. Pray to God for deliverance. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Sing great hymns with real meaty doctrine that teach you the faith and how to confess the faith. Like God's own child, I gladly say it. Those are your weapons against, uh, your weapons as a Christian going through this world. Because God doesn't say he won't give you anything you can't handle. But he actually tells you something when it comes to facing temptation. This is what God says. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So this struggle, this daily struggle against sin and against temptation is something that God provides the way of escape. You look to his faithfulness. You cling to his word. And you flee. You pray for godly friends. You pray for a steadfastness in the faith. And that doesn't sound very reassuring then, does it? Pastor says that we're just going to have to face this stuff in life. But you see, here's the comfort in all of this. When you face temptation as a Christian, it's already been won. It's already been overcome. Your Lord Jesus has done it. And so then that means that as you face these things, it's different than the unbeliever. Because you have access to God at all times, and especially when you face temptation. Listen again to those wonderful words from Hebrews 4. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Did you notice what he said there about God's throne? He didn't say, let us approach God's throne of judgment. Let us approach God's throne of, eh, maybe I'll help you. It's God's throne of grace. Why is that? Because Jesus is your high priest. He's the one who intercedes for you by means of his blood shed as the sacrifice for your sin. So in those times of need, God shows you mercy and he helps you. And in times when you do fall short, and you do, confess your sin and repent. Go to his throne of grace for you have an advocate with the Father and Jesus whose blood cleanses you from all sin. Hear from the words of God that your sin is forgiven and that he doesn't hold it against you anymore. And faith then hear God's word as the one who hears the voice of the stronger man, the victor in all of this. He has given you his word which pierces through the voices of temptation and instead speaks those words of law and gospel. He silences these things. He silences your fallen flesh. He silences the world. He silences the devil. And he speaks another word. He says, your sin is forgiven. Dear Christians, God the Lord is your God. And he fights for you. 
With David, you have confidence to say, as he said to Goliath, you come to me with sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. The battle indeed is the Lord's, and he is the victor for you. Even as a sword, or even as a spear was pierced into his side. This is he who is Christ, the Son of God, the mighty fortress. He has accomplished it for you, and baptized into Christ, you have everything. So as a Christian, you have a new man that is no longer a slave to sin, no longer a slave to the devil, and you go through this life with confidence. The confidence of Christ that clings to him and his mercy alone. All the while, you're looking forward to that day when all of temptation comes to an end, when the devil is down in hell forever where he belongs with all of his minions, when sin is gone, when death is no more, and every tear has been wiped from your eyes. Until that day, go through this world as one who sees all of these things, through the lens of Christ crucified for you, the one who's your great high priest, the one who's on your side, the one who intercedes for you. And go to his throne of grace and hold fast your confession, knowing that you will not be abandoned or forsaken by him who has done all things well. The one who looked the devil in the face and overcame temptation for you. Amen.